Whatever you're wearing right now, Mack Weldon is better. Mack Weldon is a premium men's essentials brand that believes in smart design, premium fabrics, and simple shopping. Not only do Mack Weldon's underwear, socks, and shirts look good, they perform well too. They have a line of silver underwear and shirts that are naturally antimicrobial, which means they eliminate odor. If you don't like your first pair, you can keep it. They'll still refund you. No questions asked. And I'm going to tell you guys, honestly, I'm wearing Mack Weldon's right now. As I talk to you, I'm sitting in this chair. I've been wearing them since 2016, telling you guys about them since 2016. They were the very first advertiser on this show, if I remember right. And guess what? I'm still wearing pairs from 2016, and they're holding up good. The elastic is still there. These are a durable product that I stand by. I love my Mack Weldon's. I love them. For 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com and enter promo code BEAUTIFUL at checkout. Hello to all my Hudson Valley enthusiasts. It's Beautiful Anonymous. One hour, one phone call. No names, no holds barred. I'd rather go one-on-one. I think it'll be more fun And I'll get to know you And you'll get to know me Hello everybody, it's Chris Gathard here Welcome to another episode of Beautiful Anonymous First things first I want to just thank everybody Who uh, listens to this show And participates in the online community the, the, the Beautiful Anonymous Facebook community Tons of you guys have joined Over 31,000 people People on Twitter, on, on my personal Facebook. You know, we've had a couple episodes in a row now that could have been very divisive. And it makes me so happy to see that not only were the comments uh, in our Facebook group handled quite respectfully, but I thought they furthered the discussion and they gave me hope that maybe the internet can be a place where people connect and discuss things. And nobody was holding back their opinions. They just weren't uh, turning into internet lunatics like we so often do. Thank you guys for that. Really cool, yeah. I uh, want to remind you, I've got road gigs coming up. I've got a little residency at Union Hall in Brooklyn, and I'm going to be all over the Southeast in March. So go check if I'm coming to your city. Come out, do some stand-up comedy. Buy your tickets today. Let's sell these bad boys out. Okay, this week's episode. This week's episode, it's fun. It, it falls into, I think, an archetype. You know, there's certain archetypes. It is a young person looking for some uh, direction. It, it's, uh, it's, it's someone who specifically wants to uh, work in, in, in areas that are a little more boutique, a little bit more passionate to her desires, which I thought was really interesting because, A, it uh, ties right into what my recent book was about. I'm not going to sit here and plug the book again, but I was like, oh, that's serendipitous. You're trying to just kind of get in your own lane and do your own thing. Yeah, I got that on my mind. Let's go for it. I will also say it made me laugh because last week's episode, I joked with the rhino, the, uh, the conservative caller, and said, would your nightmare be if your child wound up being a social media manager? And that's what this, that's what this person does. That's what this person does. And of course, you will see that I have personally turned a corner because in the beginning of the show, 2016, I think when young people would call and they wanted to do creative stuff, they, they viewed me as cool. And now I'm so not cool that I beg her to tell me I'm cool. And I just want to go ahead and apologize ahead of time because it's, Pretty pathetic. I hope you enjoy it. I know I did. Here's the call. Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hello. Is Gethard? Yeah, it's Gethard. 
What the fuck? <laughs> this is awesome. Well, I can't believe this that I actually got through. I'm glad you're into it. Are you kidding? I'm literally in a quiet room at my job and I just like stopped everything I was doing when I saw your tweet because obviously get notifications for your tweet. So and I have to be on my phone because I do social media marketing stuff, which is just, we can get into that later, but yeah. So you, you can get away with it is what you're saying. They're just going to think you're working really hard. Yeah, exactly. That's like, you know, the millennials dream, right? But I mean, not really my dream, but you know, that, how are you? How am I? I'm, I tell you what, happy to report I'm doing, tell me. doing pretty great. Happy to report. Feeling good. I just, uh, I got back from vacation a couple of days ago. I went on an actual vacation and I, I would say even more than other vacations I've gone on, I actually managed to turn off my brain and relax. So I feel good. That's tight. Where'd you go? I went to Florida. If you don't mind me saying. I went to Florida. Yeah? Yeah. Florida? Fl- Florida for three weeks and three weeks is a long time for one U.S. state. But I uh, went and visited my folks, yeah. and then I went to Miami, I went to Key Largo, and then I went oh, to right. Key West. Yeah. Key. And I tell you, the Florida West. Keys are something else. Yeah? Yeah. You said it was like, I, from your last podcast, right, like not in America. It doesn't seem like it, right? No, you're closer to Cuba than Miami when you're in Key West, and you feel you feel like you're in a nebulous zone where you're mm-hmm. where you are between two nations and it's it feels like everyone there like you know when you go you know when you go how would i put it like when you go someplace and there's other americans there and you're like all right the american tourists have showed up it had that vibe but you're in america yeah, yeah totally yeah. you know what i've been having a problem with with florida it's specifically with florida though okay what's that what's i don't understand. This is, you know, I'm probably, people are probably going to hate this if, you know, this airs, but see, I'm, you know, in my twenties and there's a lot of other people in my twenties who, instead of going to like Europe or like abroad somewhere, they go to fucking Disney world. Sorry, Sally. They go to Disney world. Like what do you, you're paying a hundred dollars, $200 to go see make like a sweaty man in a Mickey mouse suit. When you could go, like, away? Do you know what I mean? Or is that crazy? Am I a bitch? Well, I mean, I'm not going to call you a bitch. I'm a 38-year-old man. <laughs> imagine, <laughs> imagine if the podcast at this point in its history took that turn. If all of a sudden I was like, you bitch. And all You're of a sudden everybody was like, what? <laughs> Gethard, what happened to you on this vacation? I would never say that. Uh, but I will go to bat and say that Disney World gets a bad rap. I think it's rad. I think it's, okay, it's definitely cool, but wouldn't you want to go, like, maybe somewhere else? Yeah, I mean, do both, right? But there's some magic to Disney World, right? There's some magic. My my brother, I love my brother to death, but he's really, because my parents, uh, they spend the winters in a town not too far from Disney World. Sometimes we'll go and we'll do Disney okay. stuff, and I always get excited. My brother's always like, Disney's so lame, and I'm like... It's also the most magical thing an American kid can do is go to <laughs> Disney World. That's true. That's true. But I just feel like, I don't know. I feel like if I, I only have so much money and I feel like people, a lot of people my age only have so much money and then they spend it on Disney World. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, you got to do it all, right? Because I resisted international travel. I was just very nervous of it. I've mentioned this on the show, and now my wife's got me going to Sri Lanka and Chile. Wow. All these places. And I'm really glad. Really glad that I uh, have been able to see it all. But did, I I'm, like I'm I re- glad I got to see Disney World, too. Yeah. I feel like I relate to your wife a little bit just because uh, she's, I think we're from similar areas, like the Hudson Valley, uh-huh. Westchester County area. Uh-huh. Love that area. Yeah. It's the best. I'm on real estate sites all the time debating Jersey or the Hudson Valley. Where am I going to wind up in a couple years? Hudson Valley. But I'm a Jersey guy through and through. I know. Jersey. I'm like. But she probably wants. We both go. The Hudson Valley, no. Well, we both go back and forth. Because the Hudson, it's funny. I feel like Jersey has. uh, There's some towns out there that have amazing schools. And I love the people. Mm -hmm. I love how I grew up. But the Hudson Valley offers a lot more opportunities to like go live in the woods and have everyone leave you alone. So I like that. Yeah. And, but there's like a bunch of trains that are accessible. I actually saw you in Woodstock. You saw me in Woodstock? Perform. Oh, at the Colony. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, with that guy venue. who like was harassing you. Oh, there was a maniac. Yes. One of the many shows I've done where there yeah. was, a, I, mean, I do a bit where I ask people uh, how they would prepare for the apocalypse. And this has happened a couple times. <laughs> Where people, there are some people who forget they're at a comedy show and they get extraordinarily serious about it. And you realize, oh, this, I, I realized that night, I'll, I remember that night, oh, this person is a for real doomsday prepper. He's drunk. And then you can vouch for me. I'm not exaggerating when I say that. It was the first bit I did. And I would say within 15 seconds of asking that question, he was actually trying to get on stage with me. He was approaching the stage, which is wild yeah, and scary. I know. I could see the fear in your eyes. <laughs> Because I was in the front row, and I was like, oh, man. Yeah. Oh, poor guy. Well, <laughs> this is awful. I don't know what I would do. It's that, I tell you what, it's it's a weird tightrope act, too, because, you know, a lot of venues, security will be right on top of that as soon as someone gets up. Um, and it didn't happen in that case. And not because of the, everyone who ran the colony is so cool, so cool. Um, and yeah. I think they booked yeah. great shows there. But I think it just happened so fast. Yeah, it cool happened. It, it was just immediate. So no one was there. And the guy got right up to the edge of the stage. And it's that weird thing where you're like, well, it's a comedy show. I have to do an hour. I have to keep everybody comfortable because once they feel discomfort, it's hard to get them laughing. But also, if this dude gets on stage, I might wind up in a physical fight in front of this audience because it seems this seems <laughs> crazy. So there was fear as far as the physical yeah. fight aspect and fear as far as like, I got to put on a show, man. Yeah. No, that dude was wasted. He was catcalling me in front of my boyfriend, just ruthless. Woo! Just like, <laughs> but you know, that, hey, it happens. It happens. I did. I did that people. same bit people in Oakland. Drunk. Listeners in Oakland who came out to the show will remember. I believe it was Oakland, right? Yeah, it was the Oakland show, I think. Or was it Portland? Mm-hmm. No, it might have been Portland. <sighs> Which was it? This is important. It was one of those two cities. Someone will tell me. Someone in the Facebook group will remind me which one it was. But I did. I did a show where I did that same bit, and a guy um, gave an answer that was really grim and serious. And then he kept talking throughout the show. And at one point, I said, "You know, I want to tell that guy to quiet down." But his answer about the apocalypse was so scary. I'm scared to yell at him. And he goes, "You should be scared, man." You should be scared. And then he said something about how he wanted to shoot people and the security came and kicked him out 
because you can't be, Jeez, can't, be can't be threatening mass shootings in a performance venue in 2018. Definitely not. Yeah. Definitely not. But I love my oh, life. Shit. I love my life and I love my yeah. jobs. Anyway, let's yeah, talk about see? you, my friend. Well, that was a good segue because I love my life, but I don't love my job. I'm going to be honest. Oh, you, so you, you had I mentioned that, social media marketing. Yeah. Social media marketing, but I started as a designer, uh, mm. as a graphic designer. And basically, I helped them run the Twitter while I was doing that. And now, all of a sudden, I'm a social media marketing, marketing assistant, which is some, just like totally not what I want to do. I went to be a school for... I went to SUNY New Paltz. I know you know SUNY New Paltz. So. Love New uh, For... Yeah, the best. So you're a true Hudson Valley soul. You're a true Hudson Valley soul. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm a Hudson Valley girl. I love it there. It's amazing. I definitely want to move back eventually. Yeah, it's it's incredible. It's just so beautiful. And people that don't are not from New York or the tri-state area, like, they're like, oh, you're from New York? But I'm like, yeah, but not the city. But, like, it's better. No, no, not to say that it's better than New York City. They're completely two different beings it's but different yeah i'm just saying that's the thing it's so the Hudson, different and there's so much more to new york and even i think a lot of new yorkers don't realize like oh you can drive 45 minutes to an hour and it's uh just a totally different and very relaxed culture it's great anyway For real it's best so anyway we're gonna wind up talking um, more about the. this is gonna become a promo ad for hudson valley living as much <laughs> as anything else so did you did you That's fine. was it like there wasn't enough design work there or did you prove that you were just like a natural at the social media stuff to the point where they just kept putting more of that on your plate? I think the latter. Yeah, I think like and I don't think I'm the best graphic designer either, but I think <laughs> they wanted to hire me because I didn't go to school for graphic design. I'm definitely an illustrator, like I draw. Uh but they needed a graphic designer at the time. So I was like, I know Photoshop, sure. And so, and then they were like, oh, well, we like her. So, and so I started doing social media and now, but they never really asked me or I never applied. I just had like, that's just where I landed. And now I'm not very happy, but also health insurance is tight. So I don't really want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> uh, health insurance is tight. You have proclaimed yourself a millennial prior to this, and I think you just proved your millennial bona fides with that sentence. I know. Listen, I'm not going to hate the fact that I'm a millennial. Everyone hates millennials. I think it's a mistake. Hey, I think we're tight. Yeah. I think it's a mistake. Here's what I don't get about, because it's, I'm right on the, I'm an Xennial, they call me, uh, right between Gen X and millennials. It's become very okay. in vogue, even for people in their late 30s, 40s, to hate on millennials. And I wonder why my generation is so quickly forgetting that the younger generation always proves to advance things. Like, why are we forgetting right. that? It's, we felt that for yeah, our generation. And we look back at the 60s and we see, you know, I think that's for a lot of the people my age, that's when we start to see, oh, yeah, youth movements always advance why are we forgetting that? And why is everybody uh, taking a big old steaming dump on the millennials? The millennials are going to—they're uh, going to make For their mistakes, real. but they're also going to save us, man. Got to believe in young yes, people. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Exactly. Well, that's what you're saying, but I agree fully. <laughs> uh, yeah, like 
I hate, I really detest when, especially when females uh, are like, I'm, this generation isn't for me. Like, I wish I was in the 60s. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you do? Really? You wish you could just like, we're like a little oppressed the time like no like that like i mean still there's a we're still pressed but not as much you know i can still wear my smash the patriarchy earrings you know out in public mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's just like a different time like it's this is i mean i mean with everything going on in the world right now it's really a scary time but it's also you know generally speaking a pretty amazing time to be alive it with is. everything that has advanced i'm with you now i think so we're talking people hate on millennials you are a social media marketing assistant how does it feel knowing <laughs> that many people who hate on millennials point at you specifically as the type of thing where they go what is that i don't even know what is social media marketing how does it feel to know well, that? Well, you know, social social media like is so much more complex than we think it is nowadays because it's like the the number one way of marketing and selling things and promoting yourself. Like not even even though I don't love my job, I still like learn so much about my other my side, I have two, two major side gigs that I would like to be in my actual career. And like I've learned so much of promoting myself through those, through this job. So I have learned some stuff, you know. Okay. Okay. Now, are you working for some sort of big brand or corporation? You don't have to say what it is. It's probably best that you don't, but are you working in the corporate sphere? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's not technically corporate, but it's a, it's a very, it's a pretty, very well-known company. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you're working yeah. for the man with the sort of, here, hey, here's a question I got for you. Because I was, I'm not kidding when I say I was reading an article about this on my way into the studio today while I was on the train. There's a lot of, a lot of thought right now with social media about, you know, at, at a certain point, it seemed, at a certain point in history, it seemed like a positive thing connecting us. Now it seems like it's becoming a, an avenue for tribalism and a lot mm-hmm. of outrage mm-hmm. and a lot of divisiveness. And I was reading an article today that basically posits the theory of, it doesn't have to be that way, and that's actually intentional because the most popular posts are the divisive ones that bring about outrage. So algorithms are built to amplify outrage and negativity specifically for the purpose of advertising. The more mm. people get addicted to the platform, the more you can sell stuff to them. So the more outrage and divisiveness you create, the more addictive it is to the human brain. How do you feel being part of a part of that machine? <laughs> Not great. Now that you <laughs> say it like that. No, I mean, yeah, I that's like that. But that's if you actually think about like how everyone gets um, some sort of fame, it's through divisiveness. It's really through like. Like, I always talk about how Kanye West, like, everyone's so outraged with him right now. And I totally get it. Totally valid. He says some, you know, awful shit. But, like, he loves Donald Trump, right? And Donald Trump, in my eyes, got the presidency the same way Kanye West got his fame. Yeah. Which is, like, he says crazy stuff and gets people riled up right before he releases a new album and 
I ew, I don't want to, should I say this to a million people? But I kind of like Kanye West music, you know, I do. But, you know, him as a person right now, I'm a little wary on. Donald Trump, on the other hand, I despise. But it's just like, doesn't, it totally makes sense to me that Kanye West would love Donald Trump, you know? <laughs> because he made, he kind of got his presidency from being controversial because people liked it and a lot of people hated mm-hmm. it, but it, you know, he was always on the news. He was always, you know, in front of people. Yeah. And here we are. Look at that. <laughs> so it makes sense what you said about the social media. And your current job <sighs> is about how but, to harness, how to harness all that. So people might buy goods mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. your company yeah. sells. Speaking of someone using an internet platform to shield goods, look at me over here, Mr. Judgmental. We got advertisers, everybody. Check them out. See if anything appeals to you. If it does, I'm super psyched. Use the promo codes. We'll be right back after this. What if 2019 was all about slowing down and being mindful? Imagine how many goals you could accomplish then. That's why we're excited to partner with Calm, the number one app to help you meditate, sleep, and relax. Practices like meditation and prioritizing sleep can leave you feeling more rested so you have the energy to go out and achieve your goals. And if you head to calm.com slash beautiful, you'll get 25% off a Calm premium subscription, which includes hundreds of hours of programs like guided meditations on issues like anxiety, stress, and focus including a brand new meditation each day called The Daily Calm, Sleep Stories, which are bedtime stories for adults designed to help you relax before you doze off. Head to the lavender fields of France with Stephen Fry or explore New Zealand with Jerome Flynn from Game of Thrones. Tell you what, my mom uses Calm. And I'm, t- I'm having a year. I'm talking so much about how my, I'm about to have a kid and so much of what we t- get told by doctors, by people in our birthing classes, you got to practice mindfulness, meditation, you got to really focus in on sleeping and relaxing. This is a thing that will help focus your life during busy times, chaotic times. And I think there's so much truth to that. For a limited time, beautiful anonymous listeners get 25% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash beautiful. That's C-A-L-M dot com slash beautiful. Get unlimited access to all of Calm's content today at calm.com slash beautiful. Give yourself the gift of Calm and start 2019 off right. OkCupid is the only dating app that finds you someone based on who you are and what you're into. And look, Valentine's Day, it's in the air. A lot of people looking for love. The OkCupid app, they help make it easy and they help make it fun. The OkCupid dating app asks you fun, meaningful questions that matter to you. There's no judgments, okay? It's just a way for people to see you for you, connect on a deeper level. Talking about questions like, would you pay an extra $5 for guac? I tell you what, you're going to learn a lot about a person based on their answer to that question. You're going to know if you like them or not. One way or the other, ask people, are you close to your family? Okay, should partners know each other's passwords? Things like that. You see tons of answers. They're going to lead to great conversations and great dates with people who feel the same way you do. Okay, and some of these questions, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? You will know instantly if you can date someone long-term based on their opinion on that. Do you have a current passport? Would you choose to use your vacation time on a cruise? If you're a cruise person, you're going to know right away if the other person is or not. You're going to know if you're a good match. There you go. Okay, good use of your time. You can tell people about your favorite album, your last great trip, your favorite podcast. Let the love roll in. 
on the OkCupid app. I would love to hear that two people signed up after the Beautiful Anonymous ad here and uh, found each other through their mutual love of Beautiful Anonymous as expressed on the OkCupid app. It would make me very happy, and I'd be willing to serve as the officiant at your wedding. Whether you're looking for that person to join you on a long walk on the beach or a short walk to the pool bar, they're waiting for you on the OkCupid app. And again, it's Valentine's Day. It's in the air. Go for it. Download the free OkCupid app today and meet people who will appreciate all the awesome things that make you, you. Thanks again to all of our advertisers. Now let's get back to the phone call. And your current job is about how to harness how to harness all that so people might buy goods mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. your company yeah. sells. And it's a, it's a good company. The, the, good. the message is good. good. The message overall is good, which is nice. I'm not working for some evil corporation. Well, that's but good. what I'm doing is kind of soulless and disconnected from what our general message is. Mm-hmm, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm like selling this stuff on social, which is like just not, it's not what I want to do. Like I like, I like this. I like, I like talking to people. You do. So like my other side. Yeah. You, yeah I was just going to ask. You said you got two side gigs that you like better, huh? Yeah. Well, again, like I want to be an artist and I want to be an illustrator. And so I have, I get commissions to do like, album art or uh, movie posters or stuff like that. Um, so I do like very like detailed line work stuff. And then my other one, which I'm trying, I know you probably hear this a million times, but uh, I, I, I have a podcast. Mm-hmm. So that I'm trying to, you know, make, make a thing out of. I really, I love to like just be a podcaster and an artist. Could you imagine? You can't imagine because that's your life. <laughs> I can't imagine. But, Oh, good yeah. luck. The unreachable dream. <laughs> if there's anybody I who's know. proof positive you can be those things, it's this guy. But I hope you're ready to just eat it yeah. for 10 years. I know. I'm ready. That's the thing. That's my that's my dilemma is that like, because I, I go to this nine to five job and I'm here from nine to five, probably longer most days because I come in kind of late most days. But and then I have, and then I get home, and I just want to watch the fucking Real Housewives of Atlanta or something, you know, just turn my brain off. Mm-hmm. But I, then I, you know, have to work on my art or my podcast and stuff, and it's just it's tiring. And I would love to just commit because once you commit, you can really start doing shit. And like, I just feel like I can't commit fully to what I actually am passionate about. And I have committed a lot to my podcast, and I'm doing, I'm, I'm t- talking a lot of cool topics and I'm really like trying to do it, but it's still a lot of work. Well, can I, I'm going to ask you one favor from me, just a personal favor you could do me. And I'm saying this, there's a very, there's, there's sometimes this weird thing where multiple contradictory things can exist at the same time. So I want to let you know that 100%. Okay. I've been where you're, what you just described, I've been there where you're stressed out and where you're like, man, I hit mm-hmm. the couch and the show is just, I know this show is just like empty calories and I should be putting my brain energy elsewhere, but I work too hard at this thing that I hate. And now it's hitting a point where I'm tired and I kind of got to go to bed because I got to be up anyway. And I got yelled at for being late today and I didn't even draw anything. I didn't do any work <laughs> on the podcast. I know that feeling and I know it sucks. And it's true that it sucks. And it do, it's real. Yeah. And I'm not invalidating when I say that. I just want you to do me a personal favor 
and also understand you just described something really beautiful too. And you might look back on this in 10 years and remember this as one of the golden eras of your life. So don't forget that either. Because I think back to that stretch of my stress and oh my God, do I wish that I gave myself permission to enjoy it more. Me and old Bobby Moynihan yeah. sitting in a booth at the Peter McManus Confet Cafe, <laughs> 19th Street, 7th Avenue, been out doing shows. How come we can't get anything to click? All these other people getting jobs, man. You got to watch my back. I got to watch yours. And then I drive back to Jersey. He drives back to Eastchester because we both still live with our parents. And we just <laughs> wonder what the hell we're doing. And that stress was so real. But I look back now and I realize, man, I really got to live. I really got to live. Yeah. And I wish I rem- I wish yeah. I realized that more and I think you might be having that too. Let both yeah. those things be That's- real. Let them both be real. Yeah. For sure. No, you're totally right. And I definitely have a awesome situation. Like a, an incredible situation with my living situation with the people I surround myself with and my and it's I'm blessed in the fact that my main dilemma is that I don't want to be at a job that make that gives me a salary. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like yeah. that's like a really good thing. I, I'm totally aware of myself, but it's also like, you know, I just want to be an artist. You know? Of course. <laughs> like, of course. And yeah. you should and be. also like my Yeah. And like my my mom is totally for me. It's just like being an artist. My dad's kind of like, you should stay at your job. <laughs> so that's another dilemma. It's just like, you know, but once but I cannot totally prove him wrong. Once I get my feet on the ground with everything else, I just, I just got to do it. I think you're going to know. How do we get you, know? you to commit more? How do we get you to commit more? Uh, I don't know. I mean, like I, I'm kind of doing it with podcasts for sure. Like I have my sound guy that I pay, you know, uh-huh. and then I your have, Jared. you know, you have your Jared. I have guests line up. You have guests? I have my Jared and Harry. I've talked to them a few times. <laughs> okay. And then I have guests and I have my equipment and I have a place to do it. And I, I just got some really cool guests on that have somewhat of a following. So that's good. And, you know, I actually follow one of the girls that, um, one, like an early episode that, I uh, was starting a podcast. Uh, I think, uh, I don't want to say her name, but uh, I follow her on Twitter and I follow her podcast endeavors that came on your show about starting a podcast. And she had a really emotional, like amazing episode. Do Wait, of this show? Yeah, yeah. So we're now falling back into a chronotope-like situation here where you follow the pod. <laughs> you are someone who wants to put more time into your podcast. And you, one of the people you follow is someone else who has talked about their podcast on my no, podcast. It's inspiring. It's inspiring. Just meta. That's all. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. So I'm. I think I'm committing to that. I could commit more. You know. Also, another part of that is the social media marketing for the podcast, which I'm. You know. Luckily, I do know a little bit of graphic design. may not be the best, but, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> working on that. And then, you know, doing that for the, the Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. And uh, it's a, a lot that goes into it. 
Now, uh, I Not tell you, what, you wouldn't know. <laughs> Harry, Harry Nelson just told me he'd happily be a guest on your podcast. Harry Nelson, man of mystery, willing to step up and You're kidding. give you the real dirt. Give you the real hey, dirt on your if podcast. If I find whoever I can email, I will email them and have All him right. on my podcast. All right. I could see he's into it. The sick game Harry's playing with. I was going to go ahead and say this on the show. For a while now, I feel like Harry's been trying to... Uh, 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 undercut me and use this platform for his own personal promotion purposes. I feel like that's actually quietly <laughs> been going on for a while, and I want you to know I'm on to it, Harry. I'm on to it. This guy's trying to yeah. stab me in hey, the back. You gotta if, get in wherever you can. If I, I just want to put out there to the listeners, beautiful anonymous. If someday I disappear and with no explanation, Harry is the host of the podcast. <laughs> that was an intentional scheme that he's been trying to execute for the better part of a year. Dang it. I'm ready for that conspiracy theory. Big conspiracy theory fan. It's a coup is what they call that. (laughs) (laughs) Now. That's so funny. I would like to. Okay. All right. Hmm. Let's figure Mm -hmm. something out on our feet. I want to figure the infrastructure something out on our feet. Here's what I'd like to do. So are you, you're producing your podcast independently right now, or are you with some sort of, uh, some are you under somebody else's umbrella? Are you with a company? No, I'm doing it independently. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, not that I haven't emailed every agency, including Earwolf, okay. uh, <laughs> about wanting any job. <laughs> okay, okay. Now, but, okay, now, okay. Here's the thing. So this is you're doing it independently. That's an uphill climb. You are. Some people want to stay independent, do it like the Patreon route. I think that's really awesome and commendable. You are someone who would be interested in working with a company. I happen to uh, have inroads here at Earwolf and Stitcher, obviously. I I don't want you to break your anonymity. Um, Mm -hmm. So let's not get too specific. Don't say the name of your podcast. But if you want to go ahead and pitch the premise of your show, what you think sets your show apart, makes it special... I will make sure that the powers that be at Earwolf <laughs> listen to your pitch. Harry and Jared, will, uh, will you guys commit to making sure that this pitch is heard by the powers that be? I'm getting two thumbs up from Harry, but you can't trust this guy as far as you can throw him. <laughs> okay, Harry's saying, he, Harry's saying he'll make sure Chris Bannon hears this, but that he demands to be the <laughs> co-host of your show. Should it work out? He's always oh, yeah. in, it, in it for himself. <laughs> So let's go ahead. Um, okay. How's that sound? And then maybe there will be a new show in the Earwolf family that all the beautiful anonymous listeners can realize, oh, this was the miracle because this girl crushed her pitch on yeah. Beautiful Anonymous. Does that have appeal to you? That would be amazing. Okay. okay I'm ready. I'll, I'll tell you what, though. Okay. I'll tell you what. Can, can we make another deal, though? Because this is fun and it's yeah. a game. I'm going <laughs> to go ahead and say, too, if we do this, I'm going to ask you the real hard-hitting questions, maybe give you the real hard-hitting notes that I think you would get in a pitch with a company if it came down to it, both because that'll be entertaining okay. for the listener and because I think it might help you. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, are you kidding? This is my freaking dream. Really? I'm like, talk to be, about... To be given notes like on your passion... To be given notes on your passion yes. project that 100,000 people will hear? Okay. Okay. I can't freaking wait to tell my boyfriend this. He's gonna freak out. He got me your book for Christmas, by the way. Hey, anyway. nice. Available in bookstores now. Lose well. Mm-hmm. Anyway, okay. So basically, the the podcast, without saying the name, which I really want to, but 
but you know, I probably shouldn't Mm -hmm. is I feel like, so I feel like a lot of people talk a lot of shit. Sorry, Sally about things they have no idea about. So I think including myself, especially once this upcoming election happened, I just pretended to actually know all the bad things that were happening, but really I had no idea. I was just angry for just so people would know, think I was aware, but I wasn't. And that goes along with every, everything that we talk about. We, no one actually knows what they're talking about unless you are an actual expert in what you talk about. So from things including, you know, things as such as medical marijuana to Bitcoin to politics to anything that people pretend to know about, I bring on experts and I actually get the actual info so people can actually be aware of what these things are. And instead of just talking out of their ass, because I feel like that should be the name of the podcast, <laughs> stop talking out of your, of your ass, because I just think that a lot of people talk about things they don't know about. And so I want people to stop yelling at each other and start listening to the people that actually know what they're talking about. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So you want, it's a podcast that openly admits I am someone who has fallen into talking out of my ass. I'd rather bring on experts and, and hear from the horse's mouth. I like that. Yes. I, I feel like people can actually learn if they stop just talking and yelling, like just listen to people and ask decent questions. And I think you do this with your podcast. You're definitely, obviously a huge inspiration for my podcast. So, okay. yeah. Okay. And what? That's uh, like, you know, and I just talk to really interesting people. Now, first. Okay. First question. I feel like the idea of bringing on experts in fields and talking to them is something that uh, there are there are podcasts that do that. What sets yours apart? Well, I know Jonathan, whatever his name is from Queer Eye. I literally put out my podcast and then I saw that about, I found out about his and I was like, well, here we are. Um, but I think. I have like a very real conversation. It's not very factual. I'm very kind of just like shoot, shooting the shit with these people and like actually just having an, just so people will actually want to listen. No one wants, what I've learned is that, and self included, no one really wants to sit down and listen to the, the facts and like the, the statistics and everything. Like it takes a special kind of person. I think that's awesome if you do. But I would rather just like have a casual conversation like you and I are having right now. Talk about, but talk about a certain topic. It's just like kind of like I'd like it more to be like a dinner table conversation about Mm. a certain topic. Like I love just talking to my family and just like, you know, shooting the shit with them. But about, you know, what, what is Bitcoin? What is trans, my parents, what are, what is transgender? And what is it, you know, what is gender nonconforming? Like, what are all those things? Like, I love just like, actually just talking to people about it and having and not holding back my opinion and my thoughts and my questions just in case I feel like just I just don't want to not I don't want to be scared of feeling dumb like I know I sound Mm -hmm. dumb sometimes and everyone sounds dumb and I think that a lot of people are just scared to sound stupid which a lot of people are because no one knows everything you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. okay (laughs) okay because you've mentioned getting curious Jonathan from Queer Mm -hmm. Eye does there's also great podcast Harry, Harry's telling me uh, I should also mention unofficial expert. 
here, which is a Sydney okay. Washington, right? Sydney Washington, who's a, a comedian around New York. I've come to really enjoy greatly. By the way, Sydney's someone you're all gonna be. Awesome. I I know how to pick them. You're gonna be seeing Sydney around a lot. Sydney's gonna make it. I have not <laughs> talked to Sydney about this. I've only met Sydney two or three times. Sydney, that's another one. Okay, okay. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. How uh, how much of okay. how much are you aimed? Just so I know the tone. How much of this is aimed at being like a straightforward, empathetic conversation? Does it have an effort to be a funny podcast? Where are you trying to land tonally? Just so I can make sure that the powers that be at Earwolf know exactly what <laughs> we're getting into. Because I'm starting to have some real questions and ideas about this. Okay, cool, cool. Okay, so I feel like a little bit of both. Like, I think I'll always, uh, humor is kind of a coping mechanism of mine. I think I think everyone freaking says that, but it, it is like all my life. Like, I could tell you a million stories where I use humor for a coping mechanism, but we're not going to get into that. But I think, but like, so the, I'll, we'll always have like a joking aspect to it, but like, mm-hmm, I've, mm-hmm. I've had guests on that. I had a guest on about, um, being a cancer survivor and what that was like. And, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, that we still joked around, but it was also like a very empathetic conversation where people could understand how to treat someone that, you know, even is just sick with the cold, you know, she really went through like the different ways of like how to treat a friend when they're going through something. So mm-hmm. it was just like stuff like that. Or like, and I had, you know, an upcoming next season, uh, I have like a talk about schizof- I talked to a, a girl who has schizophrenia and like we really just like talk about what her life is like, but we still get to joke around. So it's like, you know, I want I don't want people to be so uptight about conversations. Also, there's a lot of taboo things that we don't talk about. And I want to be able to talk about things that are, quote unquote, taboo, you know, mm-hmm. in an mm-hmm. easy way, because there are no rules. We're just it's just life. You know, there are rules. Don't be like a dick, obviously. But like, yeah, you know, yeah, 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 you know, OK, OK. And let me ask this. How old are you? How old are you? Twenty four. You're 24. 24. Okay, first of all, you can still be on your parents' health insurance. (laughs) Health insurance is tight, but you got two years left. So if you need that time right now, health insurance is not the uh, health insurance is a huge thing that people do need. And it makes me happy to hear that you're being responsible about it. But if you're going, health insurance is tight. That's why I can't take a chance on myself. You got two years. Tell your grumpy dad you got (laughs) to take a chance and bet on yourself, man. Uh, okay. I know, I know. I just don't want to burden them with oh. some extra. I, know, I think it costs a little more. Yeah, we'll pay them. I don't know. So I'll pay. How about you? Go, here's what you do. You go. How about this? You think I can't <laughs> earn out as an illustrator and a podcaster? Let me get enough commissions. What? How much does it increase yeah. your premiums? I'll pay it. How's that sound, All Dad? Right. That's a good idea. How's that sound, Dad? Let me prove myself to you. I had that come. <laughs> my dad, my mom was really rooting for me, I think, pretty quietly. My parents were so confused when I wanted to be an artist, so confused. And when I was maybe 22, yeah, 23, yeah. my dad sat me down. And he goes, you sure you want to do this, man? You sure you want to do this? Mm-hmm. Seems hard. Seems uncertain. Yeah. And I said, yeah, I do. Yeah, I mean... I said, I do. Yeah. I knew I had to work as hard as he did at his stuff, and then he'd respect me. Yeah. Now. Yeah. yeah, my dad's supportive. He just like, he's, uh, you know, an old school Puerto Rican father, you know, he, yeah. he wants me to be secure. Yeah. You know? And so, and he's but, right. so I totally get right. it. 
You got to prove yeah. that you can do it. But anyway, what are you going to say? Okay. Here's what I would do if I was you. And I don't know if I have, I don't know if you do something like this already. Cause you've said a lot of stuff that really woke me up. I would, you know what I would say? I'd, I'd make some little, you know how Mark Maron's got the, uh, lock the gates. He's got like the audio drop that explains yeah. what it is. We got, we got the, uh, yeah. one hour, one phone call, no names, no hoes. But if I were you, I'd make some version of it. Like what you did. If you're like, I'm, I'm 24, I'm a millennial. Got a lot of opinions, but everybody assumes that our opinions are founded on nothing. I know I sound dumb sometimes, so I'm bringing in the experts to make me not dumb. So when I go to fight people at the oh. dinner table, I know what I'm talking about. Welcome to my show. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Like that. That's a good. I'm, I'm going to, I wanted to redo it anyway. See, mine was, I know people probably totally know who I am when I do this now. Not that as if I'm famous, but I'm just saying like, so mine is, uh, Oh, shit. Can That's you that okay. <laughs> we'll decide. We'll either bleep it out or know, we won't. I know. I know. What, what's, yeah, wait, what's it called now? What's it called now? Well, there's already a very, very popular entrenched podcast called I'm a little worried about that. I'm a little worried about that. Hey, if I linked up with Airwolf, I would, I would just totally change the name. <laughs> I think you got to call it. Uh, but, I think you got to call it the Enlightened Millennial or... Uh, Enlighten them, or uh, or uh, teach me, goddammit. Or I have a theme uh, song and everything. You though. do? Who you made the theme, who made the theme song? My sound guy. He's a he's a jingle master. He's a jingle man. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally what he called. Like what his you know probably what says on his LinkedIn. He makes jingles for like. NBC and stuff. Probably or does it on a person's LinkedIn say the phrase jingle master? <laughs> I need to know if this is probably. I don't know. So this is just a little exaggeration on your part. Okay. okay. I don't know. I haven't looked at his LinkedIn, but you know, that's how he describes his job to me is sound engineer. Also jingle master. Jingle master. Great. Great. That's a hook that gets yeah. me. Listen, Okay. Now, yeah. okay. Here's a question. Here's a question they're going to ask you in an earwolf pitch. What steps are you taking to build the audience? What steps are you taking to build out an audience um, right now? What markets can you corner right now? And let's pause it right there so I can expand on that thought more than I did in the phone call. You see, the thing is, if you build an audience, advertisers will pay money to tell that audience about goods and services, just like we're about to do here on Beautiful Anonymous. Check out the products that our advertisers are selling you. Use the promo codes if you are excited about them. Helps the show when you do. We'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by the podcast Terrible. Thanks for asking. It's a podcast that I think sounds right up the alley of many of our listeners. I'm excited to tell you about it. I'm going to go ahead and say it feels like a, a kindred spirit in many ways. You know that feeling when someone asks, how are you? And even if you're totally dying inside, you just say fine so everybody can go about their day. The show Terrible Thanks for Asking is the exact opposite of that. In each episode, host Nora McInerney talks to regular people about their experiences with terrible things. The stuff we don't often like to talk about like addiction, loss, abuse, and surviving the worst life has for us. The Atlantic has named Terrible Thanks for Asking one of the best podcasts of the year, three years in a row, and the New York Times calls it a gift to listen. It's a podcast that'll make you cry, laugh, and hopefully help you find real human connection. I think those are things everybody who likes Beautiful Anonymous likes. 
this one's worth checking out. New episodes are out now. You can find Terrible Thanks for Asking at ttfa.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks again to all of our advertisers for participating in this capitalist scheme. Now let's get back to the phone call. Jingle Master, great, great job. That's a hook. That gets yeah. me to listen. Okay. Now, yeah. okay, here's a question. Here's a question they're going to ask you in an Earwolf pitch. What steps are you taking to build the audience? What steps are you taking to build out an audience um, right now? What markets can you corner right now? So I'm doing a lot of, you know, a lot of marketing on social media, you know, all because that's where most of my audience, most of the millennial audience is, especially specifically Instagram. Mm -hmm. I'm doing promotions on that. But I need to like do more word of mouth. Like I definitely want to go to podcast conventions whenever they are. Um, You know, I don't know. I would love to do some advertising somewhere, but it's just, I want to print out some stickers, stick them around the city. Who knows? But (laughs) okay. Okay. I don't know. You need to come up with an answer to that question. That's less self-conscious. That's a note for you right there. No sighing and giggling. Uh, I know that's uh, another, that's another scoping mechanism. (laughs) I know it is, but I do it too. I do it too. Why, why be our own Achilles heel? Why? There's so many things that are going to stop us. It shouldn't be our own self-consciousness. But then again, you're talking to a person who is defined by his self-consciousness. 50-50 split between complete complete lack of self-esteem and total narcissism. That's how I describe myself. (laughs) Okay. Same. Honestly, same. (laughs) Let's, okay. But. If you, uh. Let's say you're brainstorming episodes, and I'm not trying to be arrogant here. I'm doing this for the purpose of our exercise together today. You're trying mm-hmm. to you're trying to brainstorm episodes. If you were to consider me an expert on, if you're sitting around going, "Oh, we should get Gether to be the expert on that," what would be the topics? Um, there's so many topics that I feel like you know a lot about, like dealing with, well, one being comedian, two mm-hmm. being a podcaster, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like three like dealing with like mental illness and like, or like using uh, like your mental illness and your comedy acts and like how that, you know, and okay. I, I don't know how exactly I would phrase that, mm-hmm. but like I'm having, a, I'm interviewing a friend of mine with Asperger's uh, this upcoming weekend and he's a comedian too. And he talks about his Asperger's in his comedy. So we're talking about Asperger's and we're going to talk about that aspect. So like stuff like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what uh Okay, let's see. Because usually I avoid the mental health stuff because it will lead to a barrage of Instagram DMs from people who are very sad and that will make me feel like I can't help, that I've tried to help the world as much as I can and I'm maxed out. Uh, Okay, let's have a comedian. Okay, I'm a podcaster, but that's kind of what this whole thing has been. (laughs) I mean, I would love to talk about it. I do want to have an episode on comedian. Okay, so ask me a couple comedian questions. What What would be the question you'd come out of the gate with if you were asking me about okay so usually i start with how how did one how did you get how did you decide you wanted to be a comedian to what was the journey to being a successful comedian so like that usually because i don't want to have but is this how you deliver up, is this how you deliver it on the podcast no I mean, like, well, let's drop it like it's of, hot but i'm <laughs> well, I kind of just, it's kind of just like this. I'm kind of just like, so, you know, 
what at what age did you actually think like, well, you know, I want to do this. I want to be a comedian, you know, and then then we just like talk about their life, you know, just as you would anyone. But and, you know, record it, mm-hmm. but it actually has a little more substance to it. You know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. 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 Like, okay. I should stop saying, you know, I don't know. That's a bad coping, <laughs> coping mechanism. Too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Here's the, here's the advice. Here's the okay. advice. I think this is on target. I'm going to be clear. This is something that I'm thinking in my gut, but that Harry typed out to me on our little document before and that Jared actually highlighted because he thought it's good too. Here's the thing. So this podcast is a, a dedication towards your personal development, right? Yes. At the end of the day, it's about I want to become better developed as a person. And I want to do that publicly so that maybe other people can help or enjoy and share in that experience as well. Yes. Huh. Maybe start there and let it be that and worry less okay. about uh, worry less about writing to companies and going to conventions right now and just crush that for real mm-hmm. and let it be about your personal development. Yeah. And then make yeah, it so well, it true is, to that totally. and so honest and so pure to that with no other concerns that people can't resist sensing how genuine it is and how honest it is. Yeah. I mean, I try to do that. I've had a full first season. Because like that's all I can afford. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but for the sound guy. But I'm having, you know, I. And jingle it's master. not like I have like this huge audience. You know, I have about in total 2,000 listeners. That ain't but bad. In total weekly. That ain't bad, right? But in like weekly, it's probably around 200 which is still good for me. I'm surprised anyone listens, you know? So you're saying you, so, have, you have a pool of about 2,000 people, you know, check it out sometimes, and, and about a yeah. t- 10% of that is actively buying into every episode, that type of thing? Yes, yes. That's what, overall, I've had 2,000 listeners. Every week Week that I post, there are 200 of those 2,000 that listen. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. So you got me. That's a pretty good so, start. Pretty good start. Yeah, it's not bad. But, you know, I'm not just, you know, making shit. You know, I don't, like, I listen to a lot of podcasts that I I know of, that are people who are also just starting out. And um, a lot of it's not very, like, well-produced, which is fine. I totally understand that. People just, like, make podcasts to make podcasts. But, like, I'm really trying to, like, make it well-produced and get proper equipment and get the right editing and get a theme song and get like, you know, and so I, I want to actually, it would just be quality content. I always want to have quality content, but I'm also, it's also very much so about to make it quality. It has to be quality conversation. And so I'm definitely trying to have an actually enriching conversation with these people. So I definitely, it definitely, I've learned so much. And I, and I say that in a lot of the things I write about it, like, even if no one listens, I've learned so much talking to these people. And I like, I want to always continue to do that. But like, I think that's like a part of my 
calling is to talk and learn from people and like have these human connections. So even if I end up changing the podcast or having a different podcast one, one day, I would love to just have human connections and learn because I think, you know, if you're not learning, you're dead, right? Yeah. Okay. So here's my, here's my, let's sum it up. I'm going to sum it up with a couple pieces of advice. One, like I said, I would do an audio drop that lays that out. I want to be smarter. People yeah. underestimate people my age. Fill me in then. I know I sound dumb sometimes. I'm going to make an effort to learn. Push against the uh, mm-hmm. stereotype, whatever that version of it is for you. Two, I would make sure you say that mm-hmm. to every one of your guests. I would make sure to go, thank you. Thank you for being here. I'm the type of person that feels like if I'm not learning, then I'm drowning. So thank you, because this is the type of thing that keeps me going. Fill me in. You have some things to oh, say. Oh, yeah, I do. I good, do. Good, good, good. And the third one, I would say... Mm-hmm. Third one, I would say, uh, go all in. I'm making it about you, about the work. Don't worry right now about the companies. I know that you want to mm-hmm. get out of your other job, but build it and enjoy building it. And I would say there's a companion, there's yeah. a 3B, no self-consciousness when you're talking about it. Mm-hmm. No self-consciousness. Mm-hmm. Own it. It's your shit. It's cool. Own it. If okay. I if I okay. if I sat around apologizing for my work when I was on a public <laughs> access TV show that was horrible, I would have quit. It was horrible, sick. It was, yeah, it was sick. That's one way to put it. It was sick. It was sick in the head, man. Just like I was back in 2011, 2009. It was sick, all right. But you know what I mean. I said, no, I'm proud of this yeah. thing. I'm proud of it. And I think there's something yeah. special here. And I'll make jokes about it. But yeah. everybody watching that thing knew, no, I'm proud of it. And I'm not going to apologize for that. You yeah. Own it. Now, I've given you a lot of advice. Yeah. Can I get some advice from you? What do you want advice on? Right. For, from the, to Beautiful Anonymous? To me, yeah. To Beautiful Anonymous and me personally. Well... I got two. I got. I think. Well, I have two. That, I have some specific questions. Is what I was getting at. Although, what okay. were you? Gonna, no, I'm really fascinated. What were you going to say? What's the advice that the other? I was going to say. Yeah. You should move to Hudson Valley and raise your beautiful baby that you're going to have. Congratulations, in the Thanks. Hudson Valley because Hudson Valley kids are great. No offense to Jersey kids. Yeah, I mean Jersey kids though. Jersey kids, <laughs> Hudson Valley people are great and they're like artsy and they're sensitive souls. And I think hearing you say like, I'm just really dedicated to being a more well-rounded person who wants to know more things and speak <laughs> honestly, that strikes me very much as the Hudson Valley curiosity that I've come to know and love about the people there. But Jersey people, mm-hmm. I dare you to fuck with us, man. Well, pop you, <laughs> pop you in the eye and then we'll help you up and we'll buy you a drink because we're good soul. We're good, hey, honest man. folk. You know where everyone from Westchester, Putnam County is from? The Bronx, baby. Yeah. They're all from oh, the Bronx. T- there's a toughness there. Brooklyn. My dad's from Spanish Harlem. And there's the toughness you know, there. Yonkers. There's a toughness. There's a t- Yonkers? Are you kidding? That's in Westchester. It, people don't realize <laughs> Yonkers is a very for real place. Okay. Oh, I know. Now let me ask you. Let me ask you my two pieces of advice. One, as a social media marketer, what do I got to do to be better on the social media? I feel like my social media output used to be 
all, people used to write about my use of Twitter. There was a, a Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V, who's like this like guru type, in a book shouted me out for how I use Twitter to connect with my fans. I feel like I have lost my pace with social media. I feel like I never caught on with mm-hmm. Snapchat. I barely understand Instagram. Clearly, technologically, I've been left behind. As someone who is clearly someone who follows my work, what am I doing wrong on social media that I feel like I've lost my way with it a little bit? Okay. Well, I think you're lucky in that you have a following. See, everyone on social media is trying to get a following. And you have this following already, so you're able to be super real with with everyone. I just feel when I follow you on Instagram, I feel like I'm just following a friend because you give us updates on your martial arts. What is that? What do you do specifically? It's Brazilian jiu-jitsu. But see, I was very confused about why those posts blew up. And you're telling me it's because it's me letting my guard down. I feel like I'm unable to let my guard down and I'm unable to whip my fan base into activity or uh, excitement like I used to be. Really? Yeah. I feel like, well, I don't know. I feel like a lot of your fan base now, maybe maybe it was because your fan base before was from the Chris Gethard show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And now it's more geared towards... Um, beautiful anonymous so maybe i feel like that's a little you said it before like a little bit of a different audience mm-hmm. so like maybe people from beautiful anonymous like these posts where you're posting about your wife and you on vacation and your uh you know every just everything you're doing i, I think that people like to see your life people like to see quote-unquote celebrities i don't know if you like being called a celebrity but you have a certain celebrity and you know, and so I think that people like seeing what people are doing outside of their jobs in general. So, okay, now, I think you and your Twitter is good too. It's I get all the notifications. See, but I, <laughs> I feel like I used to be better at it. If you were me as a pro, if I came to you and said, I want to hire you as a social marketing professional, how would you merge mm-hmm. my multiple fan base, the Beautiful Anonymous, Together Show, the Career Suicide People? How do you, the fans of The Office who only know me through that, which has become, I've realized that show (laughs) replays so much that it's, I get recognized for that. How would you put it all together? Because I I feel like if I could put it all together, I'd be, uh, I'd be one of the more popular comedians out there. And I feel like I'm third tier at best. Yeah, I hear you. I mean. (laughs) Thank you for agreeing uh, so I wouldn't say you're, I don't say you're third tier at best. I would say But, you know. Um, I, I'd say you're great. You know, you're the only comedian I've paid money to really go see specifically. So, yeah, but I'm but, also the only one that came to Woodstock, which is eight minutes from your house. No, it's not. I, I don't, I live further. I live far I'm from Woodstock. Kidding. But, 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 well, I'm a, I live in the city now. So, so it's a trek, the trek. And I went all the way to Woodstock just for you. But regardless, the what, we do, and most people who do social media marketing, from what I can tell, is that we do, we schedule out, <laughs> this is crazy, we schedule out our months, basically, but you don't have to do this because this is your personal account, mm-hmm. but we schedule out our months, mm-hmm. we post what, generally what we want to post, and then every week we do specifics on what we're going to post that week, mm-hmm. so like it could be, say you're posting uh, about your uh, Brazilian Jiu-jitsu, do you say? Yes, yes. Thank you so much. Okay, Brazilian Jiu-jitsu. And then you're posting about where you're going to be a, a comedy show. You should post pictures of you on stage at comedy, which you do, I think. But um, 
and then uh, doing a comedy act or like do some reposts of people that uh, have seen you. Like I've posted, I can, I can email you some pictures I've taken at, uh, you know, the Woodstock picture, the Woodstock show. And uh, I went to a beautiful non live at like the bell house, I think. But, and me, is that weird to say? Is that like weird for you for me to be like, I've seen you multiple times? No, oh, no it's, whatever. it's flattering. Uh, <laughs> it's flattering. It's an honor. Like, <laughs> and I appreciate it. And I thank you. It's not weird at You're all. You're welcome. Yeah, my pleasure. Mm-hmm. So like, I would just, you know, know what you're, you're posting. And then, you know, you do, you do, mm-hmm. I think you post a fair amount, but on People generally It's mostly just close-ups of my forehead with, headla- with ear- headphones on, though. Most of my Instagram is just pictures taken from too close angles with headphones on as I plug that this show is starting. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's like... But you, I don't know how much you do that, but you too can't much. really control that because you need to do that. You can also start doing that on Instagram stories, you know? Oh, my God. This is so boring for people. Yes. This is every like, oh, my God. They already turned it off. There's a handful so of people that are flipping out and loving it. And certainly with five minutes left, some people have walked away from this episode for sure. But that's every episode. <laughs> yeah. That's every episode. That's every episode. Okay. Let me ask you I another. I can't, honestly can't believe that much. It's, you're killing it. You're doing great. Let me ask you another question. <laughs> let me ask you another advice. More advice. Okay. Um, and less focused on social media, more focused on you as someone who has supported my work. Okay. And this okay. is real. This is me coming from the heart. Everybody listening, you're about to hear me get a little raw. Something I've been thinking really hard okay. about. I love that. So I would say four or five years ago, I was cool to young people in a way that I am not anymore. And almost to the point where I felt like I had this vibe almost as like a countercultural figure, sort of like a DIY punk yeah. rock locked in. And I have mm-hmm. I feel like I've lost that. And I'm pushing 40. And maybe the answer is just, hey man, you're pushing 40, you're gonna be a dad, you're growing up, mm-hmm. you're an adult, you're much more of an adult, you got your head together. Maybe I'm answering all this myself. But for you, <laughs> here's my question, because it's something I'm very insecure about. Why did young okay. people? Why did the young people stop thinking I was cool? Who? Where are you getting this though? That's my. That's my confusion. Where? Who? I probably discovered you for career suicide, uh-huh. and I uh, on like HBO, and I was like, I think like twenty two when I first and and mm-hmm. you know it's mm-hmm. not like you were that much younger <laughs> when I was twenty two, so I. Who's who's saying that you're not cool? Is it just in your head? Maybe, as many things are. I think it's just in your head. No, because I, I think was, like... Ad, as, I was cool in a different you know. way. I was like the comedian that if you knew about me, it meant you knew about the underground shit. I was that. Right, right. I was that. No, I hear you. Well, that's funny that you say that because I was talking to my buddy the other day and he's from a similar area in New Jersey for you, apparently. And he's all involved in like the punk rock scene over there. And he was like, and I was like, oh, you would love Chris Gethard then. And then he was like, oh, I know Chris Gethard. Yeah, he would like go to the, he would go to our shows and he'd be the one doing the comedy acts like in between the shows. And yeah. no one really knew who he was, but he was the guy that did comedy. Yeah. So. And is that, maybe this is just me looking back with rose-colored glasses and going, well, I've done some stuff that was successful now, and you can't have it both ways. Maybe yeah, I- you know, I think, 
But I think with you, and I'm not just trying to compliment and give you a bunch of compliments, but I, I, this is how I see you. Like, I think you're very successful and, but I think people still see you as that kind of like underground, like more niche guy, you know, yeah. is niche an annoying word probably, but it's a terrifying, uh, it's actually a terrifying uh, world where it means, it means that it's, that's the scary. I think that's why I'm so scared lately is like, you're, I'm, oh, no. I'm, well, I've now gotten too successful to still genuinely be underground cool, but I'm not successful enough. Okay. So I'm still niche. And that sounds to me like someone whose career no. can fall apart in five minutes. That's what that no, Also, no. does this mark a low point in the show? I want the Facebook group to, does me begging a 24-year-old to explain to me if I'm cool or not <laughs> mark an official low point in the history of Beautiful Nights? A desperate 38-year-old man begging a 24-year-old, why aren't I cool? I used to be cool. Am I cool? <laughs> And You're they, so cool. No, <laughs> I'm not cool anymore. That was never. Uh, I'm not. Oh uh, gosh, Chris. The young listen, bucks, they walked away. Listen, I think what is good is growth, right? That's about my podcast too. You know, growing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I think you have to just grow with the audience. I think a lot of your demographic now, because think about the people who how old the people were when you were doing those shows at those punk rock shows on, on, in like, you know, who, whoever's basement, it was, it was people your age. So now people your age are also having kids and also have careers and also are like, they probably feel like they're not as cool. And so, wow. and they also probably feel like they're not as cool. Quote, I'm doing air quotes, you know? And so I feel like, your audience has just grown with you. So maybe you just don't feel like you have, you know, you're not as cool as you were when you're like in your twenties, but no, like, no one, you is. know, no, one, you're not as cool when you're 38 no as is. you were when you were 29. That's the answer. I'll tell exactly. you, here's this, you want to hear this? Like nothing. I'm super cool. But. I think you're pretty cool. You want to hear, you want to know what I think the secret Thanks. to beautiful anonymous is? Cause I think it's when we what? did the demographic survey, I think it was like, what was it? It was like, of our listeners are female, right? And most of them Mm -hmm. are above the age of 30, which was for me a whole new audience. But you know what I think I've realized as we do this show more and more years is that I think there's a lot of people who fit that demographic who in maybe 2016, Mm -hmm. 2017, 2018, they're like figuring out. I think maybe this show is like me, this guy who grew up a punk rocker, connecting with people of that demographic because maybe right now, Women in their 30s are like, you know what? Fuck it. We're punk rock too. And we kind of always have been. I think that might be the yeah, secret to this show. Yeah. I think that might be it. Yeah, I think it is. And you just got to grow with your audience because we're all rooting for you. <laughs> <We're>, you know? <laughs> 19 years into a comedy career, <laughs> we're all rooting for you. Well, guess what? I'm rooting for you too. I hope it works out. I hope you... uh illustrate i hope you podcast i hope you get out of the social media thing that's uh driving you a little batty and i i'm rooting for you too i promise you thank you do we have like 30 seconds left is that why <laughs> no nah, we've already gone over time <laughs> oh really <laughs> good luck oh no my boss is probably like where are you <laughs> caller thank you so much and I hope everything goes well. You sound like a very smart person. 
driven person, and I wish you nothing but the best. Thank you for calling. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you to Jared O'Connell and Harry Nelson in the booth. Thank you to Justin Linville for helping me so much with my life. Thank you, Shell Shag, for the intro song. Want to know about me when I got my shows coming up? ChrisGeth.com. You can go find tickets there. If you like Beautiful Anonymous, one way you can help, you go to Apple Podcasts, you rate, review, subscribe. It really helps out when you do. That's all the business. We'll see you next time. Next time on Beautiful Anonymous, a guy who's figured out how to live his best life encourages the rest of us to do the same. I wouldn't mind spending an hour just hearing your thought process on what you should eat for lunch. I think that's pretty fascinating audio. <laughs> Man, you know what? I, I gotta admit, Chris, um, you know, I, I listened to your show for a while, and uh, I know a lot of calls are, you know, in-depth and, and real and intense conversations, and some of them are lighthearted and fun and I'm a cat that really the hardest part of my day is trying to figure out where I'm going to eat for lunch. I'm I'm, I'm blessed. Yeah, how'd you wind up with such a lucky life? It doesn't have to be hard. Um, You just try to surround yourself with good people. And luckily at 28, I found uh, the career path that I wanted to go down. And after that, man, everything just kind of falls into place after that. That's next time on Beautiful Anonymous.